Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. We're so glad that y'all are here. Here we go. We, my wife and I, are going to do today together. And you know what? You know, it's just better together. It's better together. And so uh, we're glad that you are in the house today. You're looking good. Tell someone you look good. You look good. And, and if they're single and you're single, give them a wink. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Hey, listen. We, uh, never mind. <laughs> it's a great so, place to meet that special hey, listen, somebody. We connect with God and... Uh, we are an ant. Hey, y'all give our worship band an awesome hand. Good hand. Turn me up just a little bit there, Tony. We are in a series called Exceedingly Abundantly. And we have been in this series for a little while. And today we're going to unpack Genesis chapter 15, a part of that scripture. And so I just want to welcome you. Thank you for being in the house for all those online. Come on, y'all give a big hand to those watching online. Yes, and to everybody in this room, we're going to have a great day. And online, thank you for staying engaged. We are going to turn in commitment cards today. But one of my hopes is that you were able to seek the Lord this last week through the family devotional, through your time with the Lord, just to hear God's direction and voice. And I am believing that when we do these commitment cards, it is something that was we heard from the Lord to commit to. And so we are going to begin those in January, and they will go through September, but we're turning them in today, which is so exciting. So exciting. Come on. And so here's the thing. I, I just want to just take a moment. You know, we're out of worship. The lights are on. But I just really felt like that was going off in my heart, that now that I know, man, maybe you're here today and you, you don't know. Like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know that you're loved and you're valued and God has a plan for your life and he has a destiny for you. And he can help you navigate through uncertainty and scars and pain and past and background. Like, he can do that. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's easy because it's not. <laughs> Anybody ever overcome anything? It's hard. It's harder than <laughs> going, it's hard. But what other option do you have? Like what other option do you have? Like you can stay in the mess or you can turn that mess into ministry. But the only way it gets to ministry is if you overcome. Come on somebody, does that make sense? And so um, I'm going to tell you this. If maybe it's been a while since you've been at our church or you know what you're visiting for the first time and we want to welcome you but I, but I will say this that we are alive we, we rowdy we're gonna clap it down we're gonna say amen we're gonna laugh it's okay to laugh in church it's okay to laugh you know what I'm saying don't be too serious um, we got way too many people taking themselves way too seriously okay and, and so I just want to sing that can we do that can we grab our our, our, our mics and vocal, and we're just right here where we're at. We're just seeing that hook, that chorus. Now that I know, come on, y'all, just, just right, right where you're at. Come on. That I am yours, I belong to you, my God. Mighty God, come on, come on. 
endures forever and father we thank you for all of those in this pre- in here today and online and father we look to you we depend on you come on we depend on you in Jesus name come on everybody said amen y'all give the Lord a hand clap come on come on come on come on that was great uh, but uh, you know, the Cowboys and the uh, Chiefs are playing today, and I know y'all going to get rowdy. All right, so that was not, that was not, that wasn't even football game rowdy right there. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. There we go. Like I said earlier, we are in uh, a series called Exceedingly and Abundantly, and we believe that God has abundant things for you. We believe that God has good, come on, listen, things for you. And we are walking through Abram's journey of faith, his journey of of moving out of his father's house, going and stepping and taking uh, uh, just bold steps, beginning to move forward. And we have been walking through his journey and correlating it to what God is doing even in this own house, even in what God is doing here. We're correlating because we believe that God has more for us. We are obviously shifting. We're hoping that in March, April, we're moving to a new facility. And we believe that that God has more space, come on, more people and more ministry. We're not after numbers. We're after effectiveness. Come on, does that make sense? And, And I believe as the calling of God and the anointing of God on your life begins to manifest, then the Bible says that your gifts and your callings make room for you. Okay, and so here's the deal. There is room for you at the house and there's room for you in the kingdom because God has good things. Come on for you and for Abraham to become the father of many nations. He had to learn how to become dependent. So we're going to look in Genesis 15 verses one through eight this morning. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. Okay, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. (laughs) I just want to make sure we're not, this is not reading class. The way we impart in something. Yeah. Okay, look at this. Dependency. Mm -hmm. Dependent. What do you depend on? Come on, in Northwest Arkansas, we next level. 
What are you dependent on? Are you dependent on your degree? Are you dependent on your, your status, your, your office? Are you dependent on that upgrade? What, you, what are you dependent on? Because Abram's getting a lesson that if I'm going to go where God wants me to go, I'm going to have to learn how to be dependent. That's I would right. submit to you today that you can love God with your mind and not be dependent, be independent. Yeah. And then you That's really, true. come on, then the Bible would say, listen, that, that many say, Lord, Lord, they prophesy. Yeah. Cast out demons in my name. But I didn't know them because I'm looking for dependent people who trust me. This verse starts out with God speaking. Speaking. And I'm praying today that online, here, wherever you're at, that God is speaking to you. That you didn't come for a church service, but you came for a moment. And I just need you to know that God is still speaking today. And the first thing that he says is, yo, Abram, don't fear. Yep, every time. What is funny to me about this verse is that he says it in the middle of the relationship. Like when you start out signing a contract with people you don't know, then you be like, listen, I really am trustworthy. Don't fear. But if you're in the middle of the relationship, Abram's been on this journey and God's going to drop again. Don't fear. And I need some of you, some of you have had incredible moments where you overcame fear, come on, and you took a step of faith and you had no idea how it was going to happen, but maybe God needs to visit you again. You need to open your ears and let him in the middle of y'all's relationship say, yo, don't fear again. Yeah. Come on. Absolutely, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, and he continues, but Abram said, so here's this conversation that God and him are having back and forth. And so Abram responds, oh Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, which was a servant of his house. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you the land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Listen, listen, I I just have, when you read the Bible, read the Bible as like, an ongoing conversation. It's funny. Like, yeah. There's some funny moments. I'm not saying that it's goofy. I'm yeah. saying that this is a funny conversation. Like God's having to give Abram his resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God is speaking. And at the same time, Abram's like, how in the world are you going to do this? And he's saying like, you're saying this is what you're going to do. But do you see what's happening, God? Like, do you see the circumstances? And God's telling Abraham what he's going to do. In the future, and Abram's like, what about right now? Like, do you see what's going on right now? You have not given me a son, and you're telling me I'm a father of the many nations, but really, I'd be good if you could just do one. (laughs) Yeah. How in the world am I going to be the father of a nation and don't have one child? Maybe God's been speaking to you about what you're going to do and where you're going to go, and you're like, how? Right. It's easy to look at your lack. And and, and here's the thing is, um, I don't know, if, if you're married, you get this. But it's funny sometimes when your mate begins to describe to you what is common. (laughs) Hey, babe, don't forget the children. I'm like, I know we have children. Wasn't planning on forgetting any of them. You know what I'm saying? Or like, um, hey, we're all fixing dinner and... 
hey, it's time to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm leaving. No, I mean, I mean, come on. You, God is, yeah. I am the God who brought you out of Ur. Like, we didn't know that. Like, the only reason I left my father's house is because you told me to. Right. I don't know why we're going back, and you're giving me the resume of what I already know. Yep. I don't know about you. Do you ever feel like you get a little, uh, when someone tells you something you think you already know that they think you don't know? Do you ever, do you get a little bit, but look, can we just be honest? Some of y'all are <laughs> like, no, we're, we're, we are perfect angelic responders. Come on, but <laughs> you ever get a little, 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 like, I know that? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the thing is sometimes we have to be reminded that God has been in there from the beginning and God has been working even though you don't see him. And sometimes the next step you're going to take has to be remind like like look, look, look. I'm the same God that yep, took you out of your right. daddy's house and I'm moving you forward and you need to remember who I am because yeah. I have not changed. And the thing is is God reminds us on purpose because it's easy for us to hear his voice, let's say the second or third time and and we are internally freaking out, okay, how are you going to do this, what are you going to do, who, how, where, what, but he's saying, hey, remember the last time I brought you through, take the lessons you learned there and bring them into the next, you you have more than you think you do, like the lessons you learned were all for tools to go bring into the next thing that I'm doing in your life, now I'm going to teach you more, but don't forget what you have already learned, and you actually are more equipped than you think. God was speaking. It's like he was coaching Abram up. Yeah. All right, here's who I am. And Abram's like, but here's what I have. But here's who I am. But here's what I have. It's yeah. almost like God is teaching and directing and protecting Abram. And he's telling him, you're going to have to be dependent mm-hmm. on me. Yeah. See, the real sign of spiritual maturity is not how much you come to church. It's if you're dependent. It's true. Like, are we dependent on God to bring us what we need to minister to our brokenness, to touch our hearts, and begin to move us out? Right. Come on, does that make sense? And sometimes, I mean, I don't know about you, and you, if you haven't had God tell you something or ask you to do something that feels unreasonable yet, just wait. <laughs> it's coming because he really does see so much more than we do. And so when he speaks and we asks us to do something, it feels unreasonable. And I know Steve and I have had many of these moments when God has spoken to us. Yes. One specifically, I remember when Stephen was on a long trip and he came through the door and uh, I, he said, God spoke to me and we're going to plant a church in Rogers. And I was like... I so don't so here's, let me church. give you some context. We, we had been traveling for two or three years. We started a ministry called Be the One Ministries. We left our church that we had been at for 20 years. We got the blessing of our pastor, went and, and started this, and it, it was hard. It was <laughs> like really hard. We moved all of our children into a makeshift bedroom. We put them four in bunk beds. Come on, somebody. Yep. And we were like, here we go. And, and we turned that three-bedroom house into a one-bedroom house <laughs> and had an office and, uh, you know, a place for interns. It was crazy. Yeah. And it, it was so fun and exciting when I look back at it. But living through it was very tumultuous. Yeah. Because yeah. Yo, what we... she's saying is when we started, she cried a lot. 
That's I what was that means. Definitely Abram. Who, <laughs> how, what, where, when. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And so here, four years later, three, four years later, when he came in the house and said, We're going to go plant a church, I was like, I've already started something. I don't want to start any more things. And so here's the thing just personality wise. Uh, I'm like, I hear something, and I'm like, let's go. And I'm like, we're, we're already in it. We're going. My wife, on the other hand, is like, I think I've done enough. <laughs> and I think there's 7 billion people in the world, and someone else needs to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so as, as she begins to get in it, then she moves from, I don't think so, could be, maybe, all in, here we go. All right, so her, that's, her, that's her process of liftoff. Mine is I go straight up. You know what I'm saying? And so by the time I'm landing the plane, man, you know, I don't know if I, she's just starting. You know what I'm saying? So we're like, wow. <laughs> we had said we were never going to plant a church. And so when I came in and said we're going to plant a church, she was like, what? I think that a lot of times in life, God is is. Wanting us to practice dependence because you have no idea what the next step is in your life. That's right. Yeah. Like you have no idea. And, and, and here's the deal. Anything that the world offers, anything that we create in this world, that we create in this world, has the opportunity to hurt you. Yeah, it's true. That's why you have to be dependent on God. Mm -hmm. like, like, like not a job, not a career, not your, your, your intelligence. Yeah. Listen, listen, check this out. Not even your children. Yeah. Because whatever you're dependent on, if it's not God, listen, they don't mean to, but people hurt people. That's right. And basically, we need to be aware that there are two plans in place. The enemy has a plan, and God has a plan. Right. And both of them have very different destinations. Good. But they use the same commodities. And so here, the enemy's plan is to move you to pointlessness. He wants you to focus on things that are not eternal, that result in pointlessness. And here God comes in, and his plan is to produce purpose in each of our lives. Have you ever had a moment where you were trying to get something done, you got distracted, and you were like, everything that I just did was pointless? <laughs> Come on. The enemy is trying to get us to live right. a life that is pointless and will not produce right. anything of longevity. God wants us to produce purpose. The church is hindered when pointlessness, when, by pointlessness, and our motives begin to change by becoming inward. Yeah. When the church becomes inward, we become pointless. It's true. The idea of the church is to live better outside the walls. Mm -hmm. It says that that. Pointless mentality says, what is the church going to do for me yeah. rather than how can I help advance the kingdom? Right. And many of us in this room will not be asked to begin a nation. <laughs> okay, so this is Abram's specific plan and purpose from God. But each and every one in this room is going to receive a promise from God that is going to lead to his plan for our lives Good. and it will always point to purpose but it will always require dependence Good. and so we have there every one of us in this room have five commodities and like i said god will use those commodities in order to produce purpose and the enemy 
we'll use those commodities in the complete opposite order to produce pointlessness. So those commodities, we're going to talk a little bit about those right That's now. That's right. And these commodities help us live dependent. Okay. Yeah. That's the goal of Christianity for us to, okay, God, I forgive me of my sins. And then I'm going to learn how to be dependent on you, right. on your kingdom. And you're going to lead me through life. And I believe that, t- that you being my leader will help me end my destination right. well. Come on. Yes. All right. So for us, I don't know about you, but I don't ever have a problem with my want to. I don't ever have a problem with desire. Anybody got desires and they got like things they want to do? Come on. Anybody? Listen, yeah. the, I don't ever have a problem with that. Many, many people, I just want to tell you, you don't have a church problem. That's right. You don't have a spouse problem. You don't have a work problem. You don't have a kid problem. Yeah. Many of us have a dependent problem. Yeah. Problem. And the Bible tells us that God will test what we depend on and who we depend on. on. And the thing is, is not everything we depend on are necessarily bad. Right. Not everything we depend on is necessarily bad, but God will test it. You know, in the word, David, um, the king in the Old Testament, he prayed, test me, God, search my heart. Search my heart. Because he didn't look at the test as the negative bad thing. He looked at it as the good thing that's going to produce what ultimately is God's purpose. And so I hope today that that's a prayer that we all pray, that God test my heart, reveal what's really in it, because ultimately that's where we know where we're really at. We want to, hopefully this service will identify the influences that are causing you to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Because we want to be dependent on the Lord. The first is money. Come on, everybody say money. Money. Everybody say I want more. (laughs) Uh, Listen. Money, money, money is an indicator, yes. okay? It is a key commodity that can influence our decisions and reveals what we rely on. Yep. Money sends a message to what we value. This is why God set up the tithe as, as the beginning. Yeah. Let's just talk about this. If, and we're we're not going to hit on this a lot. If you want to go back and listen to the last uh, sermon, you can. But God set up the tithe, and he said, I want the first and best because it was a sign of dependence. Right. Yo, can you give 10% up and believe that I can bless you? Or do you feel like you need to rob me of that 10% and you've got to do it on your own? And we will see, come on, where that ends up. Yes. Dependence. It was a regular test to check our hearts. He wants us to put us in that position so that we can make sure that our heart is really right. But could it be that the church is wanting breakthrough and praying for breakthrough, but maybe we're aiming for the wrong thing? Good. You know, I think that it's important for us to realize that God set it up and Jesus continually actually spoke to the issue of money. Actually, a lot, if you look in the New Testament. Why did he do that? Is because he knew that our money was a reflection of our heart. And so if our churches and if our church only focuses on our heart, then we're missing a huge component because our money is what tests our heart. Could Jesus even share the story, uh, or basically in Mark 10, the story of the rich young ruler is told. And so here, just paraphrased, Jesus is uh, come, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, how can I be saved? And Jesus says, sell everything you have and follow me. And he went away sad because he had amassed a lot of things that he was dependent on. Mm. And so he, lo- he wa- liked the idea of Jesus, but he didn't love Jesus more than the power and the prestige and the, the things that he had 
amassed. See, here, here's the thing. Is if someone came to our church and said, hey, pastor, what do I need to do to be saved? We'd be like, what? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, another one for the kingdom. You know, we'd all be excited. But, but Jesus takes it a step further and says, whoa, 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 listen. I hear what you're saying, but let's, let's begin to take that deeper. Yeah. What are you willing to give up in order to believe that I can take you further than your money? Yeah. See, we're talking about dependency. Mm-hmm. Dependency. For us, if we were to look at our bank statement, and we were all going to share that, and we were all going to look, would it show in our bank st- statement that we cared more about coffee than kingdom? It reveals our true passions. All money has an emotion tied to it. Why? Because it is a reflection of our heart. So when you get something new and you got to spend the money and you got the money to go buy the new boat or the buy the new shoes, it's exciting and it feels really good. And there's a temporary happiness that comes with that. There's an emotion. But then if it's taken away... Yeah, 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 yeah. There's an opposite emotion where you're devastated, you're depressed, you're sad because that money or that thing has been taken away. The point is money reveals our heart, okay? That's what we're trying to say. It's an indicator. The Bible says that what comes out of our mouth is an indicator of what's in our heart. Right. How we spend our money is an indicator of our heart. So so at the same time, let's, let's just kind of dr- drill on this. There are a lot of things going on in our world, in our culture that we want to change. But here's the thing is that we don't believe that... Uh, uh, we believe that the only way to see lasting change is by a dependence on God that has a different motivation than taking from people, and it's actually giving to people. And so here's what, what, what if, and I just want to submit this to you, what if when we stand before the Lord, and we begin to talk about all of the problems that happened in our world, I just want you to know that you're not going to stand before the Lord with your favorite or least favorite president. You are not going to stand before the Lord with your favorite pastor or your not-so-favorite pastor. You're not going to stand before the Lord with your children. You're not going to stand before the Lord with your wife. You're not going to stand before the Lord with the abuser, the one who manipulated you, you are going to stand before the Lord, and he's going to say, yo, what did you do with what I gave you? You hear what I'm saying? And so for us to realize that we are a part of advancing the kingdom, then we cannot in good conscience be frustrated with what's going on in the world if part of what God's given us isn't advancing the kingdom that has the only message to heal it. Come on, does this make sense? And that's why Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart. Everybody say keep it. Keep. With all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And the thing is, is hearts get hurt. That it, it, things in life and hard moments affect our heart. It, hearts can get hard. Come on. Hearts can even get stopped yep. up. Almost yep. like a dam yep. stopping the springs she of life. From <laughs> Some of y'all were like, what? <laughs> from a, flowing. Welcome back to the service. Uh, <laughs> we just kind of say words like that every now and then. Kind of you up. But it really is. It can be a dam that, flo- that stops the water. The springs of life that this verse is talking about. And that's one of the reasons why at our services, most of our services, we provide altar ministry at the end of our service. 
because we know that people, some people are walking in with the springs of life, and that's awesome. And some people, something that week, something in their past has gotten triggered, has come up, right. and their heart is hard, and they're discouraged, and they need someone to pray and say, God cares, and let that springs of life be released. Listen, we want springs of life. When you walk in, we want to see smiles. Come yes. on. We, we, we want to see the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes. We want to hear you laughing. Way too many people too serious. They don't, no <laughs> laugh. Like, show some teeth. Come on. Just a, put your head back. When's the last? Well, I don't think the world is that humorous. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, we don't need to be laughing at all the problems in the world. Well, yeah, just be a prone. <laughs> I'm just like, like, come on. Like, the, when the springs of life are flowing through you, people want to be around you. You walk in honor. You walk in gratitude. Yeah. And not only that, it's not that things are always happy. It's that when you meet someone who's going through something hard, you're, you've got something coming through you yeah. that you can minister to them. That's Come on. Right. Like I, yes. Hey, let my life run on you. The, the truth of the matter yeah. is, Katie and I have an agreement. There are days I'm down. Yep. There's days she's down. Yep. But can't be down the same day. Yeah, it goes nuclear <laughs> real quick. Come on, does that make sense? Like, 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 you gotta be like, babe, we're gonna make it. Gonna get, gonna get. Right. And I gotta be mad. Yep. But when we're both, it's not good. It ain't good. Nuclear war. Nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> we need some of you winning. That's right. And we need some of you coming in and getting that win. That's right. And getting that Holy Spirit. Yeah. And getting that anointing on you. So you feel like you can go out another day. Right. And, begin to, and some days you're going to win and some days yep. you're not going to win. Yep. Come on, does that make yep. sense? That's right. And the thing is, is that's our heart's condition, whether it's healthy or not, determines what we focus on. And so it's what we focus on that matters so much because the bottom line is, is it's easy to focus on our past right. and our lack. But here God is wanting us, he doesn't want to ignore the past. That's why we have classes like freedom in our life groups and leadership, because we're wanting to bring people through the past into Good. health Good. and then into purpose and leadership. There's a reason why we need to take a piece of time and look at that, but we don't stay there. We move forward. And to be able to do that, our heart being healthy helps us focus on what God has for us in front of us. When your heart is broken, you can't focus. Yeah. When your heart, that, that's why we have so much HR. That's why we have yeah. so much stuff. We're trying to help counsel people just so they go to work. Yep. Because when your heart is broken, you can't focus. Can't the Bible yep. says, let's get your heart right. That's then we'll right. get your focus right. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 says, commit your work to the Lord mm -hmm. and your plans will be established. Right. We are seeing a great divide in our world because our focus is on us yep. and not on him. That's right. When we work in all we do. Yeah. It comes from a place of building the kingdom. Yep. And we don't. We just want to encourage each other right now to not be distracted. If you're distracted in this room and you're like, I've been distracted, let's put our focus right back where Come it on. needs to be. But there is an order. And so it's our money. It's our heart. It's our focus. And so that is something that I believe that people in this room today are going to identify that distraction and correct their focus on what God has for them. You know, in the story, when God told Abraham what he was about to do, Abram specifically said, but you haven't given me a child yet. And so let's today commit to hear the promise of God and hold on to it tighter Come on. than any other thing in our lives. Say, I'm going to focus today 
on the thing that yeah. will be purposeful. And you think about the things that the word says that will be purposeful and eternal. It says the word will not return void. It says it will not perish. It will not pass away. The word is something that we can count on and focus on. But it also says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So the body of Christ and the church is something that deserves our effort and our focus because these are the things we got to pay attention to that don't pass away. Love is not going to pass away. Yeah. And the kingdom, the church. That's right. The church of Jesus Christ. Look, you, you can put your money in a building. You can put your money in a lot of things. But the truth of the matter is the church. Yes. Someone provided a moment and that's why you're here today. That's right. And we're going to provide moments for other people. Yes. And that concept will never go away. That's people right. will still be coming, getting saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit, beginning to be dependent on Him, yeah. and they will begin to take steps. And, right. and, and for us, when we begin to have that as our agenda, as our focus, mm-hmm. then whatever we focus on gets our time. That's right. Psalms 90 verse 12 says to teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Whenever focus becomes intentional, we begin to make time for those areas that we are invested in. And time is a valuable commodity. But the thing is, is there is no respecter of person. God gives each and every one of us the same amount of time, and then he resets it every single 24 hours. Come on. And so we all have 24 hours that we are able to use to either do it God's way or the enemy's way. Mm-hmm. And so I don't ever want the people in the house to devalue or discredit today because today is what God has given you to use. And so what are we going to use our time for? And Jesus talked about this. That's right. And, and there are culture words that we say all the time to wear as a badge of honor. Hey, I'm so busy. Yeah. How's your dad's busy? <laughs> there, if there are two buzzwords that our, our world uses, our culture, yep. we use busy and frustrated. And here's what I'm telling you. Mature people remove those from their vocabulary. People who say I'm frustrated have never gone deep enough to know why they're triggered and what's going on. And if you just say frustrated, you don't fix problems. If you just say you're busy, come on. If you just say you're busy, then you forgot that you made choices to get here. And so you've been productive. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not a victim of my schedule. I'm making choices. Man, I may be worn out. Come on, somebody. I may be have taken the kids everywhere they need to go. But busy is not an indicator of production. And so we have to know that God has given us time. Come on. And you are making choices and making decisions. And when your focus is right, your time management is better. Absolutely. And it's easy to say, well, Jesus doesn't really know about this because he lived in a day and time where everything was slower. They walked everywhere. And our society is so fast paced, so he doesn't really know. But he gives the example about our time when he talks about the king that invited everybody to a banquet, to a party. And he went and sent his people out to give invitations to everyone. And what did he meet with is everybody rejected the invitation because they were too busy. I don't have time. I'm just, I got an ox. <laughs> that, was, that was the example. I got an, I, we got a new ox. We need to try it out. <laughs> the other guy was like, I've just been married. She won't let me go. <laughs> Some of y'all know. <laughs> the, the point is that if we're not careful, yeah. we'll come up with a not, lot of reasons yep. on why we won't give our time 
Yeah. Okay? And, and here's the thing is I meet so many people later on in their life that are frustrated and discouraged that the calling, the prophecy, the thing on their life never came about. Yep. And they believe God hasn't done it yet. But I want to challenge that. Yeah. There are sometimes God's waiting, but there's sometimes that God gives us time mm -hmm. so that we prepare today yes. to be ready for tomorrow. Yes. Come on. And time leads us to giving. Each of these keys build on the other. And so do you want to explain a little bit about how the uh, arrows go? Yeah. Okay. So let me walk you through this. Y'all good? All right. So we're talking about pointlessness or purpose. Pointlessness or purpose. So our world teaches us that you give all, you give all of your time and your focus and your heart in order to make, come on, let's say it again. The world teaches us that we give, we give all of our time, all of our focus, all of our heart to make the motive of our heart begins to be culturally guided. And the Bible says that it's pointless. Right. Vanity, vanity. It's all vanity. In other words, you know, look, look, it don't matter. And listen, this church ain't against money. We're not against you having it. We're not against you being blessed. The truth of the matter is the sustaining ability of our ministries in church is because someone wrote a check of amount they didn't need. We talked about, if you've been rocking with us for a while, you heard that at the beginning of the year, we got a $500,000 check that would go toward our building. What I'm telling you is people only give that amount if they have it so right. we're not against money we're against money having you and being the motive of your heart and being what you depend on and thinking that if I have enough in the bank that it'll save me from cancer or hurt or problems or whatever and what I'm telling you is there's no amount of money right. that you can depend on because you've got to depend on Jesus come on y'all give my hand So God's plan is purpose. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. Purpose is I use the money God's given me. I begin to invest it into the kingdom. It changes my heart. It begins to focus my attention. I begin to give my time. And I start giving out of the overflow of what God's doing in my life. This, we don't need everyone to stop their job and become the clergy in a church. We need you to go out and work. We need you to go out and influence. We need you to be lawyers and doctors and teachers and whatever you want to be, plumbers. We need you to go do what God's called you to do because you need to understand you have the power to build the kingdom. And if there's a purpose in every single thing we do. Don't ever wake up. And feel like I have no purpose in my job. I have no purpose in what I do. People do that all the time. They change marriages because I don't feel it anymore. They change jobs because I don't feel it anymore. You go to work every day and you are working to build the kingdom. And that is purpose. I come in every day and I realize a portion of what I'm making is going to launch a church. Help a missionary. Grow this. Do this. Help veterans. Do what. This is what the church does. And we all live a life of purpose purpose doing so many different things 
Come on, does that make sense? And when we do it God's way, giving changes from being a burden to being the goal. Where it changes everything because it's more, it's better to give than it is to receive. And we get the revelation of the depth of that because the world gives. The world wants to feel good about being a good person and giving. But the reason why the world gives is to be a good person and to gain or earn some type of salvation but we as the church believe that grace is what gives us salvation and so we don't earn it i'm not giving to earn god's salvation i'm giving because god gave me his salvation and now i have a purpose so everything that i do now the goal is to give see here's the thing when we get this it changes your life yes We, we want you to have the house we want you to have the car we want you to have the land we're not against that. Listen right. to what I'm saying. Like, that's not the issue. The issue is, are we going to be purpose-minded Christians yes. who are dependent on God, and he can give it, and he can take it away, but I'm on him. Like, I, like, I, right. like he's got me. And, and when we begin to run this game plan, anxiety goes down because yeah. you know you're changing the world. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Purpose purpose goes up. Uh, discouragement goes down because you realize what I'm doing and the part that I'm playing matters. And who I'm depending on is so much more reliable than anything I could have replaced God with. Listen, as we wrap this up today, um, we want to be a church that is full of purpose. Yes. That is full of purpose. Uh, I talked to a couple the other day. And I said, hey, what are y'all doing for Thanksgiving? And they said, we're going to open up our home to anybody who, who doesn't have yeah. a place to go. Yeah. Well, how do you get there? See, the Bible says that when, when you give, you give cheerfully. Yeah. Well, look at this. When there's been transformation over your life, giving is not, ugh. Yeah. You're like, let's go. Yeah. I talked to a, 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 a couple of our guys the other day who are, are, have a burden for those that are, um, th- that are veterans, mm-hmm. wartime vets. Well, how do you get to, yeah. one of the guys said, you know what, we're going to meet every Tuesday or Thursday, whatever day they're going to do it. And, and, and he said, man, you know what, I'll start out and I'll, I'll buy all the pancakes. I just want them to come. Yeah. How do you get yeah. there? All I'm saying is this, this concept will change your life yes. and, and it doesn't matter how much you give, it matters that you're giving. And it defines true life. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. This verse so describes the life that we're talking, the exceedingly abundant life. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So what's it up? Serving God doesn't mean you miserable. That's right. I need to talk to someone in the room. Well, I would have I served God, but I didn't want to be miserable. <laughs> he says, for your enjoyment. Yes. Come on. Because he knows what truly is enjoyable that lasts. So they are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous, and ready to share. Thus, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Come on. Anybody want the really, really? Yes. Yes. Come on, listen. 
Anybody want the really, really? The real life. Yeah. Not, not faux life. Not Instagram life. Not Facebook life. Real life. Real life comes because of dependency. Yes. Dependency. And I just want you to know that as in just a second, uh, we're gonna we're gonna worship. We're gonna kinda turn our attention on Jesus. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna be a church that's dependent on him. Yes. And uh, if you're visiting today, we, we love you and, and there's no pressure to give, but we're gonna we are gonna move into our time of giving and tithing. And then we're gonna bring these commitment cards. And we've been talking about this for months, and today is commitment card Sunday. But I just want you to know that as you give, we are turning money into ministry. God is allowing us yes. to turn money into ministry. And we, yes. we wanted to tell you really quick, uh, part of the, your giving goes to Be The One Ministries. It, it, is a, it is a nonprofit that helps young people. Yeah. We planted our first missionary couple this year. We are in public schools. We're yeah. ministering to people. We're yeah. having young people come, yep. activate their faith, elevate their understanding, cultivate their leadership. Yes. We are also a portion of your money goes to ARC, the Association of Related Churches. And we are planting churches. And since they started, they've planted 961 yep. churches. Come on, put your hands yes. together. They... They planted 31 churches this year, and you're a part of that. Listen, just think about your own story. There are 31 churches that are thriving, come on, Mm -hmm. that have a story and full of congregations of people like you that are getting encouragement and challenge, and that's good. That's good. Absolutely. And then we partner with Children's Cup, which is an international organization that feeds children all over the world and ministers to them through education and through um, just sharing the gospel. And so in um, Eswatini, Africa, we uh, were able to give towards their care centers that they feed children in. And so we were able to put a new roof on one. We were able to put a new kitchen in one, and we were able to expand two different dining areas so that they can feed more kids and minister to them and bring them to the Lord. Come on, put your hands together for that. Yes. And then the house local, if you've been here just even for a short amount of time, you have heard us say better outside of the walls than in, because we truly believe that is something that is a part of who we are. We want you to walk into your workplace and be better outside of the walls than in, even in the church. We want to provide opportunities for you to partner with the church and to be able to give. So we give through benevolence. We do uh, events like serve day and lights on and just specifically Giving to our community. Yes, we want to be involved in our community. And so one of the specific things that I love to shout out is our Next Gen department because they're doing a phenomenal job planting the seeds where we are going to see some real harvest come in years to come. And so just so y'all will know, we had 400 and I'm sorry. Ah, I have it in my notes. Right. I, we had over 400 uh, young people from birth to, stu- to 18 years old, and they came through our kids' church or through events our kids' church and our students provided, and we are reaching our community even through the next gen every single Sunday and every time we do PJs and pancakes and every time we're able to do a student conference, we are reaching the next generation. Come on, listen, listen, listen. That's good. Come yes, on, over 400 absolutely. young people. 
We are also connecting with the Next Level Relational Network yeah. and COTR, COTR Network of Ministers. Both organizations partner with churches yeah. uh, uh, internationally, nationally. Yep. They help encourage pastors yep. uh, free free of charge. They go. Uh, in fact, Pastor Sonny and Susan are here today. Yes. Y'all give them a hand. Woo-hoo! Give them a hand. They are president over the board of Network Network of Ministers, Ministers. and uh, he goes to church to church, making sure that they're spiritually healthy, making sure that they are cared for. Come on, a pastor to pastors. And so here in a second, after we're all done, I'm going to have him pray over our time. But but I just want to say this as we end. In my hand is a cell phone. And... This smartphone, I'm going to be honest, is if you checked my screen time, it'd be a lot. How many of y'all, it would be a lot, be honest. Come on, some of y'all lying in church. How many, how many of y'all screen time would be a lot? Come on. Okay. Because I work on this thing. I connect on this thing. I do, it organizes, it yells at me when I go the wrong way. Come on. This thing is always speaking to me. And literally, it's funny because when I was a child, parents did time out. Now we take away phones and it's meltdown. Come on, y'all know what? I'm, don't mess with me. I take away your phone. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I repent. I'll be good. Listen. How sad would it be that we are more dependent on a smartphone than the Holy Spirit? And I believe this moment when we're about to give our commitment cards is a moment saying, okay, Heavenly Father, you're my navigator, not my phone, not the things that I depend on. We're saying, I depend on you. I rely on you. I am listening for your voice to tell me what to do with these commodities. And so one of the things here at the house is that you will never tell us that it's about the, you will never hear us say it's about the building. It's not about the building. It's about the people on the other side of that building. You know what? I don't, I can't promise that we're going to have the fanciest church in Northwest Arkansas, but I can guarantee you that when we move into this church, it will be a productive church in Northwest Arkansas, reaching the community and doing something with the space God gives us to reach people. Come on, come on, come on. And so here's the thing. Listen, dependency. Come on, just everybody say that. Dependency. Dependency is where it begins, it's where it stays, and it's where it ends. And, and so here in a second, we're gonna we're gonna stand up and, 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 we're, and if you got your uh, if you got your commitment card, go on and just take it out real quick. Go on and take it out. I know that y'all have been doing it. Maybe you've been traveling and you didn't even know it. We have commitment cards in in the front of the seat. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to move into a time of tithe and giving, our regular giving. And so if you're new here, we don't expect anything from you. But if you want to give, hey, amen. Uh, but, but really, we have tithe and offering that you can give physically on the wall. And then they have the places that you can give online. But we're just going to take a moment around family and friends that we're going to come together. We're going to worship and we're going to give our first and our best. And then after that, we're asking you to bring your commitment card 
that you're giving starting in January and we're committing nine months and we're asking you to come up during the worship and place these in the buckets and we have three buckets here so you can do that while we're in service. You guys stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.